Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap. And like most people, if asked what food is most associated with the word anniversary, what food is most associated with the word anniversary? Well, of course, it's chocolate. And with us today is the owner of Chocolat Celeste, Mary Leonard. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Hi. Hi. So um, tell us a little bit about Chocolate Celeste. Well, um, it is an artisan chocolate company. Um, it's, you may purchase it online at chocolatecelest.com. No E on the chocolate part. And I also have a store for pickup, and it is um, in South St. Anthony Park right off of I-94 and University. Great. And I started it in 2001. As a matter of fact, the 30th of June is the date that I incorporated. So the anniversary um, is your anniversary. Um, so 20 yes. years you've been doing this business. Yes, 20 years now. Does it feel like 20 years? Um, I don't think it feels like 20 years, no. I think that there's more um, in anything that I've ever done. There is always something else that I want to improve or change in some way. So it keeps me engaged much more than anything I've ever done before. So I don't feel like it's 20 years, no. I know, life goes by so fast. So on today's show, we're going to talk all things chocolates, also the struggles and the joys of independent businesses. So let's go back 20 years. Um, how did you start um, the business? Well, it was started with the uh, I. I would say that at age 16, I knew that I wanted to own a food business and start a food business, and I always knew it would be dessert-related. And I went to school in food science and nutrition, or what is called foods in business at the University of Minnesota, and um, I know it was always in the back of my mind. Um, I took a class. This is really pretty simple. My first class in chocolate was actually at Kitchen Window. Mm. And for years after that, I made chocolates every Christmas. And then in 2001, um, I realized it was, for me, it was really the time to act or jump off the cliff. I was um, seeking employment. I had... Um, left a job at a telecommunications company that was paid me very, very well. And I said I had the money now and that I had the ambition. So I just started working on it in January of that year. And one person said at Valentine's Day, well, do you sell these? And I said, well, yes, I do. And it was I sold them in a coffee shop in Montevideo starting on Valentine's Day that year. And then also the I sold it in one other store that was in St. Paul and Highland Park. But the rest of the time after that, I spent time going to conventions that were on chocolate. I also took chocolate classes from a man that was a Ph.D. in um, confectionery science. It was in California. And I learned how to do everything in manufacturing. And there were people in my class for, from all over the world, and there were people in the, my class that were famous as well for their work in chocolates. One is a winner of the U.S. He was on the U.S. pastry team and won for chocolate. And then the woman that's credited for 
bringing the truffles to the United States was also in my class. So it was an interesting class, and I learned a lot technically, and that I know um, more than the average person that just says they did it as a hobby. It really wasn't a hobby. It was it was from the beginning of me saying that I wanted to do it. It was always a pursuit that was going to be a business that I looked to to um, use my creative abilities to make money. And over the 20 years, you've won a lot of awards for your chocolates. Um, in the early years, I won um, being one of the top 10 emerging chocolatiers in America. And I've won an award for the best artisan chocolate from the International Salon of Chocolate. I've won best chocolate in the Twin Cities by City Pages on two occasions. Um, and um, been the official chocolatier of the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, and it just you know it's a lot of a lot of recognition and a lot of um, of learning and getting to know people over time. Um, and it's been it's been life changing. I can tell you that for sure. And this last year has been um, challenging on many fronts for you, um, or has the last few years been challenging? Well, actually, the last few years haven't has not been challenging. I think that other people would say that the last year has been challenging for me, but I will say that it's not. It is not the most challenging of the last twenty years. This last year, um, there was the COVID. Um, pandemic and that I had to look at doing business differently. And it actually, doing business differently, put me in a position to do business in the way I had wanted to 20 years ago, which was I wanted to have a, I didn't want to have a store. I wanted to have an internet site and I wanted to be able to spend more time creating and doing large creative jobs for businesses. So um, now, you know, in this time frame over the last year, it's been um, order online and order through um, our website through a form, and then I, I talk to people over the phone. And I've also had a long, a longer period of time to be creative and make some changes and create more collections and work with more charitable organizations to use chocolate as a way of fundraising for themselves. Mm. But the cha- real challenge that people look at is that I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer in January of 2020. And I was, um, I did have uh, a double lumpectomy right after Valentine's Day. And then throughout the year, I had chemotherapy and I had radiation, and it ended. Uh, the treatment ended just before Christmas of last year, last year. And the challenge, one of the nice things about COVID and having cancer at the same time was that I was, I was able to not be exposed to as many people that would perhaps um, threaten my immunity, um, and that. I was able to get more work done and be able to um, rest the way that I needed to as well. And then there was the very lucky thing of the payroll protection plan because normally I would not be keeping an employee 
during the summertime last year, last year, but I was able to keep someone the whole year, so that kind of alleviated some of the stress and also the physical labor that I had to do. And happily, that people really, you know, wanted to be nice to one another last year, um, and a lot of um, companies and individuals gave gifts to one another to spread happiness, and that was a positive for the business. And so overall, you know, it may seem like it was very difficult, but I think that it was the, for me, it was the best year that it could have happened. You know, that is so beautiful because, um, you know, and actually, I mean, uh, I can't believe it. Well, what popped into my brain right now is uh, a book written by Oscar Wilde, and uh, he wrote this in his second year in prison. And Oscar Wilde was actually prisoned in the early 1900s for being gay. Yeah. And 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 in that book, um, he he concludes that uh, you know I don't mind if you have a big fancy party and you don't invite me, that's cool. But if mm-hmm. you're suffering and you're not letting me in, then I have a problem with that. Now, obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but that sometimes these tough times can really open us up to who we really are. Well, I know that from my life in general, that any time that I've been presented a challenge, I actually rally during that challenge. That, you know, I'm good. People will say that if something goes wrong, they want Mary there. Or if something breaks, they want Mary there. Because the more stress there there is, the calmer I become. Hmm. And so it it... It may seem like an oxymoron, but it is true of me that I've, you know, experienced a lot of um, hardships early in life. So I was trained <laughs> or self-trained to get through things. So, so um, yeah, it's it was it was a good year. I'm, you know, I'm struggling with how I will reopen completely to the public, and. Um, because I really, right now I am three days a week, but it is also summertime and it's very hot. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so, summertime and chocolate. So, um, so uh, and how is your health right now? Um, it's very good. There are a couple things that I would say are chronic because of um, having had cancer, um, but they might go away in time. I have some neuropathy in my feet. And I have some neuropathy in my hands, and other than that, I feel well. And um, I was had a little bit more treatment than most people do um, from cancer because I'm a BRCA2 gene carrier. And what? that means I was predisposed to having breast cancer. Yeah. And I, w- I also, in addition to having Breast cancer is like a 75% chance that you would have breast cancer, and it's a 50% chance that you would have ovarian cancer. So I had surgery for both things in the last year. And yet, um, and yet, um, and, and that on top of the COVID challenges, and yet it wasn't the worst year of your life. Oh no, by no means at all. It was actually one of the one of the better years because I'm also an introvert. <laughs> 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 That's why I'm saying I don't really know if I want to go back to the way it was before because I'm so much more productive and more creative. Uh, well, fun. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're talking okay. with Mary uh, with Chocolat Celeste. And when we return, I'm going to talk about how I may no longer be working at AM 950 if it wasn't for Mary. So when we come back, I'll share that story. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. 
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and uh, with us by phone is uh, the owner of Chocolate Celeste, who's celebrating your 20th anniversary in business this year. Yes, indeed. It's hard to believe 20 years go by, and um, and I uh, I can actually I've I've said this before. I, I've credited you. Um, because way, way, way back, um, way back in 2004, um, I was working at AM 950, and I was actually in the process of being fired because um, I wasn't making quota. And for those who know, I mean, progressive talk really struggled, especially in the early years. Rush Limbaugh was at the time on over 600 radio stations. It's still a huge problem for a lot of complex reasons. But quick, briefly said, you know, I wasn't making quota. And so I said to him, well, you, you can't fire me because I have my first meeting with Chocolate Celeste this afternoon. And so I went in there and we did we did our first buy at that time. And one of the things you picked up um, in that interaction um, is you said to me, do you need the check now? And 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 I so I was able to say yes. And and because then I came back with that check and it was like, okay, and I've, I've been here now, whatever, 16, 17 years and doing this show for 10. So, I mean, it was one of those little moments in life, but those little moments can really determine um, a lot. Yeah, um, I think that um, I have been in sales, and I know the importance of, well, I am in sales just being in the chocolate business, and I know how important it is to, when you're establishing yourself, to do well and to recognize that you have a quota and that you have to make it and do anything to have within reason to, to have make the sale. And I wanted to buy from AM. Fifty, and um, I'm really happy that I was able to help you. To be honest with you, I know that I, I know the struggle, <laughs> and I think that it's really important in um, these times to um, think about the vitality of our communities and really shop local to support ourselves. And I think it's, and I think that over the years, AM 950 has been. Um, tremendously good to um, Chocolate Celeste and that the people that listen are, I would say, so loyal to the advertisers. Well, I and only say a great appreciation for that. Yeah, and me too. Great appreciation all around because um, our economic systems are, I mean, people are so wigged out so easily. And <laughs> But when we can just buy and sell from each other, it creates a whole different way of being, or it can create a whole different way. Yes. I guess it's freedom, right? It's it's the ability we have more channels to 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 buy and sell from, and, mm-hmm. um, and and I do think that the personal relationships are still where I gain the most business, and I think that in probably in what you do it is is somewhat similar. Of course, it's actually meeting and greeting people. It's not just a online transaction. And I do, even though I, I said that I was an introvert, I put on the extrovert coat when I go places, and I'm, I'm known, and I do bring samples places, and I do like to talk to people about chocolate and how Chocolate Celeste is different. Um, a lot of people will, I'm kind of segueing here, but a lot of people will say I own a candy store, but may perhaps it sounds snobby, but I really own a chocolate store. There is no candy here. There's nothing that I add sugar to. And over the course of the um, 20 years, the the 
business has morphed from being um, very traditional chocolate, all chocolate um, product, to being more artisanal. And at the beginning, I did it was it is a all fresh product. There's no gluten. There's no high fructose corn syrup. It's fresh whipping cream, fresh butter from a dairy in southern Minnesota that is named Hope, mm. and it is a little bit higher butterfat content, uh, content, and it does make a huge difference. Um, I don't know if you've experienced tasting different butters, but oh, um, I love Hope Creamery. Yes, and the, you know, and if I go to another state and I'm cooking, I might, I might. Uh, Buy a European butter or a Irish butter specifically because the higher um, fat content. It does make everything smoother and fat um, carries flavor. But I also want to remark that it is the whole thing is not high in fat um, and uh, it's not high in sugar what I make because the um, percentage of cocoa content is so high. In the U.S., um, chocolate to, for something to be called chocolate only has 20% um, cocoa content. And the things that I make are 64 to 75% cocoa content. And that means that what the others are depending upon is sugar to give them the flavor, but this is the real um, flavor of cacao. And so the style originally was the traditional truffle, and over time I have also added... Um, bonbons, which are flat with a very similar recipe where I put images on the top of them. And um, I have a design that is our main um, collection that has, um, I would say that they're images that are artistic morphing of the cacao pod. Or to begin with, when a cacao plant starts to produce a pod, it comes off as a small flower coming off the trunk. And one of my chocolates has that small flower on top. And then that there are other chocolates that have images of seeds. So it's a beautiful um, blue cacao collection, it's called. And recently I've been adding other collections that um, are all single orange and chocolates. And that means that that there is, it's, it's the chocolate or the cacao, which is the plant, um, is, is just that plant. In most American chocolates, there's a blend of different plants and sugar to make them their flavor. But these really have the flavor of the real cacao, like if it, one has a fruity flavor because cacao actually is a fruit. It grows off of a tree. And so you can taste the blending of, like, um, berry flavors. And I have another one that has somewhat of nutty flavors, and they're, they're all natural. I recently did a collection of those for the Minnesota Orchestra, and there were four different single origins. And I plan to continue to do more and more that highlight the that that true flavor of chocolate and and to teach people more about the difference between them. Um, I can say, you know, I like low levels of cho- lower levels of chocolate, just you know, as a snack. But something that's for a fine des- dessert or a fine gift, 
the other is better. And it's also better for you as well. Yeah, and so um, uh, we're going to talk in depth on this in the next segment, um, but because what does this mean, signal or, origin, and what's what's the history of chocolate, and and where is cocoa uh, cacao um, grown, and and so um, we're going to be talking more about that when we return to Food Freedom Radio on AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. What's wrong, girl? You don't treat me like you used to do everything about you. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and joining us right now is the owner of uh, Chocolate Celeste, Mary Leonard. And uh, Mary, you're celebrating your 20th year in business this year. Yes. So, uh, t- yeah, how exciting! So, what's the difference between industrial chocolates and artisan chocolates? Um, I don't know if that's that. Um, I would say that the difference really is. In um, the industrial world, you're creating something that tastes good, that, that um, is marketable, but that you're creating something that would be more profitable, I would say. And there are three kinds of beans that exist that come from the cacao plant. And the more industrial uses the less flavorful bean, which is called a forestero. And that forestero is um, has less flavor, so that there's more sugar put into it, and it's blended with. It doesn't have as much flavor, so it's blended with other things to make it flavorful. And it usually comes from a not a, a usually comes from a large multinational food company that has um, plantations. And that they and that that the beans are brought to a cooperative and graded there and bought by, by a lot of these industrial um, chocolate companies. The companies would be perhaps it would be Cargill, it would be Nestle, and others of that nature. Um, and um, one of the things that is a more political thing in this in this world is that the the people that are um, that are harvesting the cacao pods are not paid. Some of them are slave labor, or wow. that they're paid so poorly that um, it's a subsistence level. And um, with the single origin plantation, it is that they're they're um, planting one kind of bean and that they're watching the quality of that bean, and they're doing it as um, knowing that they're, they're creating something that is, is really high quality and high flavor, and it isn't as much about the profit, and that they take care of their workers as well. But on another level, um, you know, there's companies that I buy from that have their own plantations. There's a company named Felschlin that's a Swiss company, and I buy Valrona chocolate as well, and that is a a French company. 
But to go back to the beginning of time, um, cacao plants are really, it's a tree. It's a short, um, like five-foot-tall tree. And off of the tree come little flowers that bloom into the, that their stamen in the center grows more and the leaves of the petals fall off. And that um, stamen or the center becomes the pod and they harvest twice a, ve- twice a year. And in the very beginning, um, when it was discovered to be taken um, more around the world, it was from Central America, and it was basically a beverage that was that was drank by um, the Aztecs, and it was also the beans were used as money, and that's where the term money grows on trees came from. Really? That's funny. I know yeah. I visited uh, one of these farms once. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and there was a lot of, um, historically, a lot of wonderful rituals around those coffee, mm-hmm. those uh, chocolate drinks. Yeah. And so it it was taken back to the court of Queen Isabella and um, by Cortez, and it became a very prized item. And eventually, over time, it was in the Netherlands, they were they created chocolate itself, and then in um, the 18th century, there were businesses that um, were in, like we have Starbucks. They not in the same level, but that that there were chocolate tasting rooms, that there were chocolate pots that were specifically for hot chocolate, and it would be wonderful if that kind of thing would come back. Um, and someone would go through the process of doing that because I, I truly believe chocolate is, or cocoa is a lot more flavorful and lovely than a uh, coffee bean would ever be. Yeah, um, and and fine chocolate can actually affect the the brain chemistry. Yes, it can. It does. It does affect your endorphin levels, and it interacts with a particular brain chemical. And when people say they don't want to eat it because it's high in caffeine. It is not high in caffeine. That's a misnomer. And then that there's a there's a lot of, I think, bad raps that um, chocolate has gotten over the years. You know, they, the whole coffee thing is that they've romanticized it so much that there's espressos and lattes and frappes and all these other things and a, a special job like barista but the same thing could be true um, in the chocolate business as well with really learning um, and having ambassadors for chocolate. And I think that the dumbing down or, or the making chocolate cheaper and cheaper is, is, has um, ruined that. And that when people say, oh, I spent so much for a cup of coffee, it would be w- wonderful if people were willing to and understood that when they buy something that's quality in the world of chocolate, it, it's a there's a huge difference in level of enjoyment. Right, because uh, like you shared this earlier, but your um, uh, your chocolates contain sixty four to seventy percent of mm-hmm. the the cacao. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be like a situation where um, the commercial are designed to for immediate gratification, so that they have sh- high sugar. And the tip of your tongue tastes sugar right away, so that immediately you say, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, great. But the thing is, the flavor is gone immediately, and so that you eat more and more to get that same experience. 
but with a chocolate that has lots of different flavor notes. You're tasting it on the sides of your mouth, on the back of your palate, and a lot of things that I do because of the percentages. You eat less of it because the flavor lasts so much longer. And it's it, it, people need to learn how to savor the flavor and let it melt in your mouth and really learn that it's, you know, got fruit and smoky flavors and all that naturally. Yeah, so how do you, how do you, uh, your recommendations on eating a chocolate? You kind of started that, but more recommendations. How, how would you, how do you approach eating a chocolate? Well, I take a small bite and I let it melt in my mouth. And then, then I can experience it and then I may, might sip a little, um, Cabernet wine, or I might slip to sip just water in, in between, and then really taste the chocolate. I'm not saying that I never eat an M&M. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I do say that, that it does make a huge difference. And the ones that I've created most recently, I did a, um, a special wine pairing collection for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and I specifically made one of the chocolates with a Venezuelan chocolate called Araguami that was manufactured by Valrona. And, oh, it just tastes like the most wonderful flourless chocolate cake. And um, that it, it's just a whole different, um, almost fine dining experience. Yeah. Now, tell us more about that collection, because that's um, also something personal. You shared earlier in the show that you were diagnosed with breast cancer and mm-hmm. uh, last year. Well, um, that collection was for an organization, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which I did not have. But I had friends that a daughter died of leukemia, and I, a few years ago, was part of a... Um, their event called the Man and Woman of the Year. And oddly enough, a friend of mine, my best friend, had cancer at the time, and I couldn't do the fundraising that I needed to do. That's why I went back during this time to them and said I would create something for them in this year's Woman and Man of the Year. So that was what I created. It also had a chocolate that was um, more of a dulce de leche type of chocolate in it as well. But this year I did create chocolates, um, this year and last year, um, for the Hope Test for Breast Cancer and a specific collection that had the pink ribbon on it for the Hope Chest. And then I created a collection for the Firefly Sisterhood and that organization um, provides mentors to women that have cancer um, on their journey, that they have someone that they can call up and ask question of did you feel this way or did you feel that way, some suggestions about, um, you know, having a support group, basically. And I do have a mentor from the Firefly Sisterhood. And um, she's still always asking me because there there are things that happen that you wonder if they're related to it. So I really like the fact that I could create something that was specific to them, that was personalized to those three organizations, and um, was able to use my creativity. And in one of them, I gave back forty um, percent of the selling price to their to their event. Now, can people go online and order these now? 
they cannot right now, um, but I do post on Instagram and um, on um, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yes, I'm losing my words. That's fine. Uh, and on Facebook, and and I do do email blasts about it. If you wanted to sign up for email blasts, I usually send one a month. It's not a lot of um, messages on 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 email. Yeah, blast. so that's a great way to find out about your latest yes. chocolates. So, yes. and and really because it's summer and it's so hot, um, people in some ways turn away from you know eating things that melt. But I do. I'm doing right now a lot of wedding business. Mm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. can, can you personalize the, the weddings in some ways? Tell yes. us, tell us um, about your wedding. Week I'm doing one where it's the initials of the of the bride and groom. Mm-hmm. It can be personalized, or it can be in the color scheme of what they're doing. Oh. There are a lot of different images that are, are stock ones as well as ones that could be created. And to, this week is the names of the bride and groomer on them. Mm-hmm. Great. And, um, and, and so there, I will say that there is a slight reason I might not do it this week is because the 20-year-old machine decided not to work on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having it repaired. So that's why I'm not doing a big special on everything. <laughs> I'm, well, wait, I'm waiting a little bit. I know. We're, so, we're, we're going to come back with our last segment, and uh, we're talking with Mary Celeste at Choc- Chocolat Celeste. And um, mm-hmm. I called you Mary Celeste. I meant Mary Leonard. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, um, but when we come back, I want to talk about the 20 years of challenge and what does it mean mm-hmm. to be an independent business. We kind of touched on mm-hmm. that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I love artisans. I love um, buying and selling and having a local community instead of just, you know, um, billionaires buying buying from the billionaire old Glarks. <laughs> it just feels more freeing and loving in some in many ways. But uh, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're talking with Mary Leonard from Chocolate Celeste. And uh, before we go back to Mary, I just want to mention a couple of events coming up. Um, there's the Co-op Farm Tour, and that's on Saturday, July 10th from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And you can get more information um, about that by going to Co-op Farm Tour, T-O-U-R. Um, and that's a great day. I've, I've done that several times. Uh, just go visit the farms and connecting, connecting with the farmers and connecting with each other. Um, it's it's a beautiful event. You can get more information about that at Seward Co-op. Also, check out Seward Co-op's website. There's some great uh, vegan cooking classes and African and vegan cooking classes. So so head out to uh, Seward.com, uh, uh, Seward.coop, and check out their wonderful events. And with us today is the owner of Chocolat Celeste, Mary Leonard. So Mary, uh, so 20 years in business, first year was 2001. Yes. In 2001, I started in June um, with the process, and then um, almost right away there was a glitch in that um, – 9-11 occurred, and that was the day that I purchased the equipment, and I went forward anyway, with one foot in front of the other. And um, it did define, just like COVID did, a change in the way I intended to do business. I had a contract with Marshall Fields to have all the chocolates in all the, all the stores, and the, and the um, contract was canceled. 
so that's when, you know, I opened my own store and then I ended up developing my first website. So that was something. Then there was an economic downturn in 2008 and a lot of the corporate customers weren't spending. In 2008, I also was diagnosed with a, um, I'll just call it a brain aneurysm and I had to have that repaired. And so that was a downtime. And then in 2010, um, I was located on University Avenue and 280, and that was the beginning of light rail construction. And there would have been a chain link fence in front of my business for almost two years. So at that point, I needed to move, and I'm now in a different location. It's off University Avenue, but in a more industrial area that really does offer me a a much nicer kitchen, but there are stressful things is that people did not want to come to this neighborhood because of the congestion, and it, it was a big hit on sale, so there's always a time in which that there, you know, that things are easy and things are challenging, just like life. Just like life, and, um, but... Um, how would you, how would, what, what advice do you have for people? Because when you're going through those di- darker times, it's, it's easy not to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I don't know every person is different, but I would say that before you begin, you have to really think about what the level of commitment that you have to doing something and also the, um, how you're going to fund it. And at the beginning, I was very lucky in that I had, um, from my job, I had stock options that um, I could exercise, and it was just the end of the dot-com. So if someone thinks, oh, it it sounds like fun, it's my hobby, that um, it's not as easy as one might think um, because um, you're not going to get a loan from a bank um, unless you have the collateral to behind it. So... Just, people should really evaluate how how they look at it and, and the whole picture and what they're going to be doing on a daily basis and whether they like what they're going to be doing. Um, there, you know, there's in in the world of small artisan things, there isn't somebody's uh, venture capital firm that's you know excited about about risking money. It's about their return on investment. So I think that you have to really, if a small business, you have to be really passionate about what you're going to do and have the fortitude to stay. And I've been known by many of my friends to be one of the most stubborn persons that they ever met. So I think that's what's gotten me through is that I'm so single-focused. That's funny because I know last week's guest was also talking about stubbornness. So maybe there is something with stubbornness. And But one of the fun things, too, about independent is you can pivot. So um, tell us the story of Almond L and what that is and how oh, that came well, up. Well, it had a little reoccurrence this year. Um, Al Franken, before he was senator, was on Air America Radio, and he kept talking about how he wanted a dark chocolate almond joy because they are just milk. And so he, you know, kept announcing it, wondering if Peter, Paul, the, ma- the manufacturer, would answer the call. And so I um, answered the call, and I was on the radio with him. And I created something instead of the Almond Joy, I called it the Almond Al. And it had, through AM950 and through Al Franken's support, um, it had a really big um, period of time there where it was... Um, purchased a lot, and just 
oddly enough, this year, it was mentioned on um, on public radio um, in uh, in a segment called "The Beat" that occurs at oh no, it was on MSNBC, and the commentator's name is Ari Melber, and um, they talked about my company and and the almond owl, and the, <laughs> the almond owl was back. That's great. And, uh, so it's been gotten a little bit of reassurance, and um, it, it, it's great. I love them. I, I, I have to be careful not to eat too many of them. And um, so it is now back online, and it's too bad that things that, that happened to Al Franken himself. But there's still a chocolate bar <laughs> named after him. Yeah, I'll uh, So um, how do people go on your line uh, on online and then they can order? Um, tell us about how that works. Um, well, it is chocolatecelest.com. And then um, there's a icon that says shop. And there's a pull-down menu in there, all the collections, including a tag for the almond ale. Cool. And what are your other collections that are on there? Um, there is a the wine pairing collection. There's a birthday collection, a thank you collection. Um, there is um, the Almond Al. And then there's the addition of others over time, like at a holiday, there'd be the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, the Christmas, and... And then when I create something new, my next one that I'm going to put on there is uh, the Single Origin Collections. Single Origin. And people can sign up for your email. They'll get an email once a month so they can keep up to date. Um, Well, I thank you so much for joining us on Food Freedom Radio and for 20 years in business. Um, That is quite an achievement, a 20-year independent artisan chocolate business. Well, thank you very much, and I'm so happy that you're still with AM nine fifty for sixteen years. I know sixteen. I know it time. It doesn't feel that long. These these times twenty years, sixteen years. Um, I've never done anything this long. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't either. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a long time, and and life uh, life just goes by so darn fast, and yet I don't know. Um, and I like this now. Get our love life going. I mean, there's something about chocolates calming the brain. I like that. Chocolates can have a nice calming effect, right? Yeah, and it's a wonderful way to share an experience with someone else. Great. Well, I I thank you so much for sharing this experience with me, Mary Leonard with Chocolate Celeste. And thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio.